Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a jar of water. Follow him. Wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples then went off, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. While they were eating, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, gave it to them and said, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. Amen, I say to you, I shall not drink again the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Gospel of the Lord. How many of us really appreciate the gift that our blessed Lord has given us of Himself in the Holy Eucharist? How many of us realize that we do not receive something in the Eucharist? We do not receive bread in the Eucharist, nor do we receive wine in the Eucharist. We do not receive any created thing in the Eucharist. 
In the Eucharist, we receive someone. We receive a person. The second person of the Blessed Trinity, who said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Whoever eats me lives in me and I in him. My flesh is real food. My blood, real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I will raise him up on the last day. As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. In all of this, there is no suggestion that we're receiving something, but we are receiving someone. Someone who has given himself entirely to us. His body, his blood, his soul, because he died for us, and his divinity, because he rose again from the dead. And what he promises us it's not biological life. We have that already. What he's offering us is eternal life, which we do not have because of Adam's sin, but which has been restored to us in baptism, which has been strengthened in us by the sacrament of confirmation, which is renewed each day in us, by the Eucharist, which when we have lost through sin is restored to us in confession, which to perfect us because the stains of sin remain is done in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, which we have given to us because of the sacrament of orders. And lastly, which is symbolized for those who are married in the sacrament of marriage. For in marriage, the spouses give themselves to each other. And what is Christ doing here when we celebrate mass, except giving us his body? given himself to us so that we might give ourselves perfectly to him. So in the Eucharist, we're not receiving something, but we're receiving someone and someone's life. We call the Eucharist the great sacrament. Another word for the sacrament is mystery. And the mystery is not something that we cannot know anything about, but rather something about which we cannot know everything. It is not something we cannot know anything about, but something about which we cannot know everything. But we are called to grow in knowledge of this great sacrament because it is the beginning of our life, the nourishment of our life here on earth.
In the Old Testament, there are many types, symbols of the Holy Eucharist. The first appearance of it is when Abraham, coming back from the battle of the kings, and as he is approaching the city of Salem, he encounters a priest by the name of Melchizedek. The priest offers a sacrifice of bread and wine. Abraham acknowledges the superiority of this priest and he gives tithes, one-tenth of all that he had won in the battle of the kings. We would call it today the collection. He gave one-tenth to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek offered the sacrifice. Much later on, the prophet David would say, my Lord said to my Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. You are a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. In the letter to the Hebrews, it's explained that the, the, the priesthood of Aaron is inferior to that of Melchizedek and goes on to actually say that Melchizedek's priesthood is an everlasting priesthood and it belongs to Christ. So this is the first reference indirect to the Holy Eucharist. The second becomes more explicit because it is the Passover lamb. John the Baptist would say, behold the Lamb of God. And Israel had been looking from the Lamb. From when? From the very beginning. Abraham, with his son Isaac, going to the mountain, Mount Moriah. Abraham with the intention of offering his son as sacrifice. Was walking. And Isaac said, Father, here is the wood and the fire and the knife. Where is the lamb? Abraham said, my son, God will provide the lamb. When Abraham is about to offer the sacrifice, he sees the ram caught by its horns in the bush. And the voice, Abraham, do not harm the boy. And the, 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 the ram that's caught by its horns is offered instead. That ram caught by the horns was a symbol of Christ, who was crowned with thorns. He would offer his blood. He would be, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God. In the Passover, Moses had said that the Lamb was killed, its blood placed on the lintels of the doorways and the flesh to be eaten. So, the blood saves the people of Israel from the destroying angel who would pass over Egypt. The flesh would sustain them in their journey out of Egypt. So also the blood of Christ saves us from our sins. It washes away our sins. This is my blood 
of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. His flesh given to us as food, which we receive in Holy Communion. And of course, there is the manna, which fell from heaven and sustained the people of, of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. It fell every day except on the Sabbath. How many people left Egypt? We're told 600,000 men, not counting women and children. So we're talking about a few million people leaving Egypt. And they were fed by the manna for 40 years. How many tons fell? If we start thinking of this numerically, we cannot even begin to grasp God's generosity to us. And so the manna fed them. When our Lord worked the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, not counting women and children, they had more than enough to eat. Twelve baskets full of scraps were left over. The people came looking for him after he had crossed the Sea of Tiberias. He said, you didn't come looking for me because of my doctrine, because of my teaching, but because you had enough to eat. Do not labor for the food that perishes. Work rather for the food that gives eternal life. And when they asked, where can we get this food? He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He who eats my flesh has eternal life. The people found it difficult to accept. They argued, disputed. But he only insisted on that even more. Adding that whilst at first he said it's necessary only to eat his flesh, he then added his blood as well. And in that he's telling us something, namely that Christ whole and entire is received under either species. Under the appearance of bread, the whole Christ is received, body, blood, soul, divinity. Under the species of wine, under the appearance of wine, the whole Christ is received, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Every particle, the whole Christ is contained in each drop of the, of the precious blood. The whole Christ is. So the manna is another. And then there was the Ark of the Covenant, where also he has made his presence known, whether under the tablets of the law or under the, the urn containing the manna or the rod of Aaron. Christ is whole and entire. And this gift of himself wasn't meant just for the people of 2,000 years ago, but it was meant for all of his disciples throughout the ages until he comes again. So we are the most privileged of people, surely, if in our church the living Christ lives, lives in a real substantial way, so that we might feed on him and have eternal life. How can we not be grateful for so great a gift? Indeed, we should be eager to receive him. But always remember 
that we have to receive him worthily, with a proper disposition, not as if we're going to receive common bread, but of recognition of who it is we are approaching, who it is we are receiving. And no less authority than St. Paul in the first letter to the Corinthians, 11th chapter says, discern whom it is that you receive. For he says, those who receive unworthily receive judgment to themselves. So always we should examine, St. Paul says, we should examine ourselves to see whether we are truly worthy to receive. Meaning, that are we in a state of grace? The Eucharist is given to us as food for our souls, as a, strengthen, a strengthening agent for our faith. It's given to us so that we might live in Christ and he live in us, and that we come, all of us, to eternal life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm -hmm.